Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 here on the Behind the Mic podcast. Looking forward to this one for sure. Even more expansion on our platforms, but to save you the time, I'll just tell you that we do primarily have Spotify and Anchor and just about every other platform you can think of. We're looking to get more, but still plenty as it is right now. Next week, Season 1, Episode 4, we branch into the SEC with the PA voice of Auburn Tigers football, Rick Smith. So look forward to that episode next week. My guest today, PA voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Sean Pebbles. So, Sean, thanks for being on the show. Happy to have you. Alex, thank you so much. Uh, obviously, this has really kicked off well for you for the last two weeks. And uh, thank you. I'm very excited and, and very honored to be a part of uh, such a, a great group of, of announcers. So thanks again for the invitation. So obviously, you're part of this unique line of NBA announcers and something that wasn't necessarily mentioned with Tim Sinclair on episode two, but I know he has mentioned in past interviews is there's only a very small amount of people that get to have that title of NBA PA announcer. That being said, where did this all start for you? When, when did this become a thing? Like you, you thought maybe, maybe not long-term, but at least short-term, you thought this could be something you wanted to do. Well, you know, I'm going to start back in the very beginning. Uh, so when I was a young kid, I loved the radio industry, loved listening to, to the radio station. I grew up in, in Newcastle, PA, so not far from Youngstown, Ohio. And the big hit radio station over there was Hot FM 101, which I, I think they're still on the air now. Hmm. Uh, but there was a DJ there specifically. His name was Bob Popa. And I just really kind of loved his style. I loved listening to him. And, you know, Alex, obviously you're a lot younger than me, but some of the, some of the listeners can, can obviously relate to cassette tapes. Um, so I was uh, I was always notorious for making good mixtapes back in the day. And, and what we would do is they used to have their top 10 at 10. So we'd, re- we'd record those on cassette. And I would always make mixtapes for our band bus trips. Yes, I was in the band. I was uh, I was a drummer uh, in the marching band. But, you know, so I was always into the radio business. And then when I went to college, that's what I went for. I went for broadcasting. I was at Edinburgh University. I was uh, on air at WFSC-FM for four years there. I was anything from on-air with an R&B and hip-hop show called Strictly for the Streets to a midday alternative rock show. I did an 80s show on Friday nights. And then I blossomed that part of music into my own mobile DJ business. And then things just kind of took off from there. But one funny thing about college was, and I think even Brett had mentioned this in his, his episode, like terrified absolutely terrified to speak in front of people. Um, like public speaking was one of my first courses when I got to campus and I'm like, I can't do this. You know, I'm up there <laughs> yeah. and papers are shaking in my hand and you know, you're trying to look at the back wall and not make eye contact with people. Yeah. So obviously over time with having my DJ business and stuff like that, I got comfortable with speaking in front of people and, and you know, just kind of found my voice, found energy and, and just was able to use it for that purpose for a long time. Well, fast forward to the spring of 1998, the bar that I used to DJ at down in Edinburgh, uh, the owners, uh, then I think girlfriend, fiance, whatever, she was a, um, at a gymnastics facility here in Erie. And the owner was, they were hosting a level nine, 10 gymnastics competition at Edinburgh. And they reached out to me because obviously they heard me DJ and stuff. So, well, we think it'd be a great voice for this. And I'm like, I've never spoken in any type of gymnasium or an arena of any kind, but sure, why not? I'll, I'll give it a whirl. So I made it through the G 
gymnastics competition. Fast forward probably another 12 years, Alex, and I ended up with a job in sales here in Erie for the NBA D-League Erie Bayhawks. And at the time, they were affiliated with the 76ers and the Cavs the first year. And then season two is my first full year in the front office. They were affiliated with the Cavs and the Raptors. Well, close to the end of season two, the public address announcer they had on site just couldn't make it in for that day. I can't remember why. I think he was sick. Well, they called me downstairs because I had expressed interest in wanting to do something, either on court or whatever. Little did I know that that afternoon I was literally going to be thrown into the chair to work public address for an NBA-level game where I've never done basketball on any level prior, whether it be middle school, high school, college, junior college, whatever. So I literally jumped right into the fire that night, and, um, and things just kind of took off from 2010. Uh, in the D slash G League, and then uh, all that experience uh, ultimately put me in Cleveland with the Cavs, uh, effective in October of 2017. So here we are. You talk about these steps that led you to realize this is something you could do. Was it getting involved with the Bayhawks at that point that you kind of realized not just short-term, but maybe long-term, this is something that I could, you know, maybe not – solely be but definitely something i could keep part of my life long term well you know at, at one point alex i didn't really think it was going to continue long just because of the way the 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 d and i keep calling it the d league but the g league has been here operationally in erie for a few years like the franchise itself has been moved two different times out of this city uh the first time happened when the franchise relocated to orlando which is the lakeland magic and we know hank is is with those guys uh, and then the Atlanta Hawks was an affiliate here of Erie for a few years. Well, now that franchise, Erie, relocated again. So pretty much every time we had a new affiliation, I'm thinking, okay, I've got maybe one or two more years behind the mic. And then when the opportunity with the Cavs arrived in the fall of 2017, I go into that thinking, well, I meet all the criteria, but this is a this is a big, big leap. And you had already mentioned it's a very, very small group of of people to get a chance to do this job. And I thought, well, I'm at least going to throw my stuff into the mix and hopefully get a call. And sure enough, I did. I went over an audition once and uh, had a, a pretty decent audition. It wasn't ideal totally because they were putting the ice down for the hockey team. So we were up in the perch and a lot of clanging and banging and, you know, an empty building of that size and being a partial season ticket holder for the Cavs for all these years and being a fan, I knew the building. And hearing myself in the building for me that night alone for my audition was like, all right, this was pretty cool. If this is the only chance I ever get a chance to hear my voice inside this building, this was awesome. Uh, well, a week later, I came back. We did a mock game, uh, had to call fouls. I just had to go through a basketball, you know, see what you knew about the game and how you sounded and so on. And then a week after that is when they called me for just like kind of like a little phone interview. And we ended that conversation with them offering me the job to be the PA announcer for the Cavs moving forward. So that right there at that time is when I knew, okay, well, this from something that I thought was just going to be like my game night responsibility for the Bayhawks has now evolved into something that I, I know now that I can do this job at the highest level. And, and it's been an amazing ride so far. Uh, it's, it's crazy. That it's already been three years. Over your time here as a public address announcer, 
how important, and you could also use the word maybe critical, have you found the process of networking to be? You know, uh, networking, I think in, in any profession, Alex, is, is vital. Um, no matter what you're doing in life or what you're looking to do in life, you've got to go out and you've got to build bridges. You've got to make connections with people. Whether you think, you know, I'm good in this place and I'm not really looking to go anywhere else or do anything else. Well, we all know kind of how quickly life can change. So you always want to be networking no matter what you do. I have a full-time sales job during the week. Um, you know, like a lot of guys, you know, the, the public address thing is not their, their regular gig. Um, but, you know, the networking always works, especially like, like a, in the sales world or if you're in banking or if you're in whatever type of industry. Networking is important. It's all about meeting people, making connections, building relationships. But at the same time, always being professional, always being respectful to anybody that you encounter because they could be someone that knows someone that could one day be looking for someone that you're you fit that qualification or it could be someone that knows someone that you're working for currently and they're like you know this guy was you know had this type of attitude or this or that or whatever and that obviously can backfire on you too and, and cause you to lose not only current but also future opportunities and uh yeah networking is is so important i mean i think we always do it as long as you're willing to to strike up conversations with people and stepping out of your comfort zone. And me saying that is a, says a lot because that was not the type of person I was back in the day to just talk to people. But now that's what I do. And, and I, I'd like to think that I've developed some fantastic relationships through types of networking events and just being, being open and willing to talk to people about anything at all times. We've talked about your time in the now G league. And I think that can kind of also double not only asking about your experiences with the franchise, but also versatility in terms of your role with sales with that program, that franchise as well. So kind of tell me about that and how important, especially with your time in the G League, you found something like versatility to be. Well, yeah, I mean, because that's that's really the way that I found my way in. I mean, I, I have moved back to Erie in, in February of 2009 and I was trying to start over. And I was, I was coming off of a, of a divorce and trying to get back on my feet. And I went to a game with some friends and I saw some familiar faces there. And I became a thorn in their side for a while. And, and especially the team president. And I was like, you know, hey, Ron, give me a job. You know, I just let me let me come in. Let me work here. I love sports. Obviously, they're affiliated with the Cavs. It was a perfect fit for me. And he said, eventually he broke down. I said, all right, Sean, enough's enough. All right, look, I'm going to give you your shot. I'm going to let you work here. And, you know, you're going to earn your way on to the full-time staff. But right now you're going to be straight commission. You're going to do ticket sales, corporate sponsorships, and, you know, all the other involvement things that we had for a game. And, you know, that obviously, you know, took off because I was able to be brought on full-time and, and oversaw game night operations after a while. And, and of course, my game position ultimately did become the public address thing. But, you know, working in the front office in a, in a, in a minor league franchise, you really get a chance to learn a lot about yourself uh, and about your city, too. I mean, you know, because people around here really rally around, um, you know, a team like the Bayhawks, um, the Seawolves we have here at AA for the Tigers, as well as the OHL Erie Otters, uh, who we've had a lot of great players come through here, Alex Debrinkit, uh, and that one guy, his name is Connor McDavid. He's kind of a big deal in the NHL. Uh, he, was, he was an Erie Otter as well. So Erie takes a lot of pride in their minor league franchises. And I've, I've had the honor and privilege of working with people uh, throughout all three teams over the years. And it's been great. 
you obviously presently as the PA voice of the Cavaliers. Tell me about when that gig came about, the emotions of that decision officially coming down, that you're their guy, and then kind of culminating the whole question when you finally sat in that PA chair at the queue for the first time, what, what that whole vibe was like. Yeah. You know, that was, it was a crazy ride. You know, I had mentioned about them calling me for the phone interview and I just thought it was going to be like, just kind of get to know because, you know, we were in and out of the building for the auditions. And then that's the only time I really had a chance to see anybody, you know, to go up again. Thank you for having me. You know, I appreciate the opportunity and following up with the emails. So when they offered me the gig, Alex, and they're like, hey, you know, we just have one more question. And that is, would you like to be the new public address announcer for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Everything just kind of all hit me. You know, it's, you know, and again, growing up a fan, when they won the championship in 2016, like I was speechless for almost an hour. Like I couldn't talk. I didn't, I wasn't out running through the hallways and screaming and hollering. I literally just stared and I could not speak. And that was that same type of feeling, that same type of emotion. Uh, on October 10th. And what was wild is I had to keep it quiet for nearly a week. Um, and I had all this emotion and excitement. And I, my first official day on the job was Monday, the 16th of October. And I had to do all my HR paperwork and kind of get in the system. I'm meeting everyone and everyone over there was so welcoming. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the team. I mean, that is truly another family to me over there. And I love everybody. Uh, within that organization, just an amazing, amazing group of people. Um, and then later that afternoon, after we had run-throughs, I went back to my hotel because the home opener was the next day. Well, we had all of our rehearsals and everything, and I went back, and then the press release finally went out. And then my phone literally started smoking with, with uh, you know, tweets and texts and Facebook messages and phone calls. Uh, it truly was an, an amazing, amazing afternoon. Uh, you know, just getting everybody's words of encouragement and support and the congratulations and everything. Because I'll be honest, again, as I said earlier, I just felt like, hey, you know what, I think I'm qualified for this. So I'm at least going to try. But to come out on the other end, actually being selected to sit in that seat, especially growing up a fan of that team. Now I'm sitting looking at the banners of my all-time favorite player, Mark Price and Larry Nance and Brad Doherty, Austin Carr, Bingo Smith, all these guys. And I'm like, wow, I'm actually sitting in this chair in this building that I have sat here in this building. I have cheered. I have screamed. I have cried. I have been, you know, now I'm sitting in this chair. And what that first opportunity was, that first night was opening night of 2017. And it was, it was incredible because it was the first game of the NBA season. The Celtics were in town. It was Kyrie Irving's first game in Cleveland as a member of the Celtics. He actually was the first player I introduced that night. So there was a big emphasis on, you know, them wanting to get his intro and, and reaction and all that stuff. And then, you know, Gordon Hayward had his injury that six minutes into that game. Um, and I'm obviously I'm sitting there and there's LeBron like right in front of me. And then there's Kevin Love and then there's everybody from the Celtics, like just the whole atmosphere that first night. And it was like, OK, OK, fanboy, settle down. You know, you, you know, keep 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 focus, 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 focus. And I made it through, and it was a great night. And uh, now, like I said, here we are three years later. But that first night, I'll, I'll never forget how that whole thing felt. It was incredible. How could you summarize in some way, shape, or form how 
a professional sporting event, in this case an NBA game, goes from a public address announcer's perspective, like just any old regular season game, I guess I'm trying to say, what would be your daily routine for such a situation? Um, well, and I know, I know the, like even last week when you were talking to, to Tim, you know, it's about being you know, prepared, you know, and making sure that you do all your homework. And obviously we, we, we see the schedule. We know who's coming into town. Um, and for the most part in the, in the NBA, a lot of times rosters don't change a whole lot. So really just kind of looking at the roster a day or two leading up to that particular game night, obviously the G league is totally different because, you know, one game to the next, you could have a total overhaul of your guys because people are getting call-ups or, you know, people are getting traded and whatever. Um, so again, working, doing your homework and being prepared, making sure you have, you know, all your pronunciations in check, make sure you have your, you know, your score sheets ready, um, getting to the arena, uh, way ahead of time. I mean, for us, for example, we are there for a production meeting three hours before tip. So I tend to get there earlier than that just to make sure I'm, you know, I'm prepared with everything that I need. Uh, and if I can even, you know, sneak in a quick power nap, obviously I like to do that because it's a long night. You know, you put a lot of energy into what you do. And then, you know, we go through the production meeting, we go through entertainment team run throughs, and then we'll break out for maybe a national anthem run through um, or, and then dinner. And then about 90 minutes out or sometimes an hour out from, from tip off is when the doors will open. And then at 55 minutes on the countdown clock is when our show officially begins. Uh, we have two incredible uh, in arena hosts. We have uh, Ahmad and Nicole. And if anybody's ever been to a game at the queue, well, we Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Uh, they obviously uh, have been there a long time. I love those two. They do a fantastic job of, of getting the show going. And, and we work the three of us together throughout the game with promotions and other things that involve the three of us. Uh, and then when the uh, the lights come up and the and the ball goes up, you know it, it's go time. So that's that's generally how it works. And whatever happens between the lines, that's that's what you do. And and uh, you know when the game ends, you kind of wrap it up with a few final reads and basically say peace out and uh, move on to the next one. And I will add a little bit from a follower's perspective, seeing Ahmad do like the introductions and stuff. Like you can tell just the passion and like I remember uh the I believe it was LeBron's first game back the second time and just you know it and I can imagine from his perspective like he had to have known just how much his voice is probably going to crack during that and that's obviously not a bad thing it just shows I mean that's probably the biggest recent game of the regular season anyway in Cavs history but my point being you can just see how much passion there can be in a job like that and obviously it's pretty cool to have that kind of role to begin with well let me let me tell you something something about that night real quick Alex like I wish like I don't know if obviously you you, I don't know if you can see them but I have goosebumps right now yeah thinking about thinking about that night when LeBron did return yeah I was there in the building that night with my daughters and that was one of those nights that you'll never forget. And uh, Ahmad, yeah, I mean, there is not a better man uh, for that job. Uh, even leading up to that game that night, Nike did a, a commercial. And um, you hear Ahmad in the beginning of that Nike ad. And he, he's had a chance to work all-star. And he, the, everything he's been doing for the last 16-plus years with that organization, uh, he has deserved and has earned everything that he's gotten. And I'm, I, I just love that guy. Uh, and he, yeah, he brings it. And I guess I still have goosebumps thinking about, you know, that night and, and really any night. Now I get a chance to work with him uh, and just be a part of that show with him. Oh man, it's, it's, it's something special. It really is. 
I want to ask about kind of your career bigger picture now. What is a piece of advice you might have received? It could have been early on in your tenure. It might have been as early as as recent as this NBA season that you've received that you know you'll always kind of have in the forefront of your mind when it comes to being a successful PA announcer. Uh, well, you know, one of the things that I I heard right about the time I walked in the door with the Cavs was, you know what, you've got big shoes to fill. You have you have a big audience, but just be yourself. You know, no matter what you think no matter what you feel stay true to who you are um find your find your voice find your way um and make sure that when everybody leaves here at the end of the night they're not talking about you you know and and just be yourself and um you know obviously again being being a lifelong fan of the Cavs and everything brings a lot of additional energy and excitement out of me um but there's nothing wrong with that you know whenever you when you bring that energy for, to a franchise that you have literally, you know, cried for and, and you, you've cheered for, for all, for all these decades, um, you know, be true to that, you know, be yourself and, uh, and, and obviously remain professional at all times. And, and one thing that I love, cause I, I get a chance to ask or speak at, at my university uh, where I graduated from a few times and, and, and about the professionalism. And it's not necessarily just within the confines of rocket mortgage Fieldhouse to be, professional because you know we're actually out there in the community and people know you know for the most part you know they, they they might know who you are and you're always representing whatever organization you're a part of whether you're in the nba or you're in college or you're through high school or whatever but no matter what you do both in the community on social media or whatever you know people are always looking there's always eyes on you and so you always have to keep that in mind that you represent that organization or that institution no matter where you are at all times of the day. And so that's something that I've always kind of advised myself about. And I love passing that on to, you know, soon to be college graduates, especially in this world of social media, you've got to be really careful and always remember who you're representing. Plus you're representing yourself as well as your family. Um, so just being smart in, in how that's all done whenever you're in, in the world. We now branch into kind of the et cetera, uh, part of the interview, I know I had told you beforehand, if you do feel the need to elaborate on any of these, you know, feel free to do so. One, I've tried to ask everybody so far, favorite game you've worked? Oh, boy. Oh, man. Um, I actually have a few, to be honest. I mean, obviously, the, the home opener, my first game, uh, incredible. Uh, and during that season, there was – there was a couple moments involving LeBron that were, that were, uh, you know, historical moments where, you know, he passed Jordan on the double digit scoring streak um, where he had 10 games or more. It was like 867 that night. So there was that moment. Um, there was, of course, the NBA finals. Uh, there is nothing ever. I mean, for me to be in my, my rookie year to, to work the NBA finals was, was incredible. So games three and four were amazing. Uh, and then just some of the games during the playoffs and, and just other things throughout even the, the past two years of things I've got a chance to witness and, and players I've had a chance to, um, you know, to see firsthand, like, you know, Vince Carter, I was part of his last, you know, his game in Cleveland, you know, I had a chance to, to do that read. Um, there, there are way too many to mention um, because every game is special in its own way. But I, I guess if I had to pick one, Alex, I would definitely say opening night of, of, two, of 2017 where it all started because I never thought in a million years that I would get a chance to do that. 
and uh, and and here I am. And it's it's that's where it all started. You talk about the importance of needing to stay professional, all the while having been a lifelong fan of the Cavaliers franchise. Can you tell us about a moment where you have stayed professional, but it's been extremely hard to contain that fanboyism, if you will? Um, well, yeah, I just mentioned there, there was two, two particular games in the 2018 playoffs. Uh, it was game five against Indiana. Uh, LeBron hit a three. And as I am announcing the, the play review, because the officials wanted to review it, make sure it got off in time. As you, if you watch the video, as they are doing, as I'm doing the, the review announcement, LeBron comes running over and jumps on the scores table almost right in front of me. So it's like, okay, I'm in this moment. It's on like literally worldwide TV. It's NBA playoffs, buzzer beater, winner. And here's LeBron James, like jumping on the scores table right in front of me. Fast forward to the next round, Toronto, game three. Again, hits, hits a crazy, crazy floater. As time expires, Cavs win at the horn. Same thing. Getting ready to do the read. Here comes Braun again up on the scorer's table in front of me for a second time. Um, so those moments are pretty cool. And, uh, and so, again, maintaining the professionalism and not jumping out of my skin. But, and that's what's crazy is you want to, like, like, be a part of that because the place is going ballistic. But, you're, you know, I'm focusing on the officials. I'm focusing on the replay. I'm focusing on, you know, uh, you know Adam Hines sits to my right. He, he runs the whole show. So we're, you know, people were in his ear. We're kind of just kind of in a holding pattern of what's going to happen. And then once they announce the review and then I go and do it. And then, like, there's LeBron. And, yeah, so I had to really kind of keep myself composed twice in a matter of weeks. But it was still amazing. One question I know I asked Tim as well. This could be Cavalier specific. It could be general. Favorite part of your favorite part of the job of public address announcer? The people I work with in Cleveland, the team, and even the people here in Erie as well. Um, but my family in Cleveland, uh, they mean everything to me. Uh, it's not just about me showing up and doing my job. It's it's literally the 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 efforts of dozens and dozens and dozens of people behind the scenes preparing for every single game. Um, that by far is, that's everything. The, the Cleveland Cavaliers organization and the staff within the field house, um, that's family to me. So that's, that's what means everything. And, and being the public address announcer for them is just part of it. But being a family member with all of them, uh, the all for one, one for all mentality, uh, that's what matters above everything else. I always love asking this last question because it can get a wide variety of answers. If you weren't a public address announcer, if this never even happened, what do you think you'd be presently? What kind of job do you think you'd presently have if, or maybe you already have if that wasn't a thing? Well, you know, I, I've, been, I've been in sales for 22 years, and the only reason why I got into sales is I was trying to get into radio, and they're like, well, we don't have any on-air spots. We have some in our sales department if you want to do that for a while. So I guess sales maybe, but uh, I'm also a big amusement park nerd. So I love, I love Cedar Point. Uh, everybody around here knows what Cedar Point is. Uh, I love Disney. So I, I ultimately like to see myself working for those organizations like Cedar Fair or, or the Walt Disney Company uh, just to be in that, that world somehow. Um, so I guess that that's what I would be doing. And obviously throughout time, you know, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid or I wanted to be the big, next big thing in radio and whatever. But like 
like if it was something you know around an amusement park or a theme like a resort of some kind like disney i'd be okay with that but you know who knows who knows but right now you know my eyes are on uh, on the land and uh, and that's where i'm keeping it before we let you go Sean, i want to let everybody know once again primarily anchor and spotify but we've got plenty more apps if you want to choose i'll include it on the twitter page and facebook page as well uh btm podcast alex on facebook add the underscore between podcast and alex on twitter you'll find us there as well and one more time want to mention episode four next week we'll talk to auburn tigers voice rick smith he's also a lecturer and internship director for the auburn tigers so i'll be interested to ask him a little bit about that as well sean before you go you have any closing thoughts anything you'd want to add or no again alex you've you're doing a great thing here i think this is an awesome thing to uh to get us a chance to to talk with you about you know what kind of goes on in our world and and uh and i know you've got a lot of great guests lined up as we move through uh, you know, season one of this. And, and you know, there's a lot of things that you've done for, uh, for the public address announcers, um, you know, during this quarantine and everything else. And the guys that are listening, guys and gals listening, they know what I'm referring to. Uh, so you've done an outstanding job of, of, of pulling us all together, letting us, you know, again, network and make, make friendships and connections with people that we, we wouldn't have had a chance to, to meet. And, and you know that there's, there's guys and gals out there that do this job behind the mic and, in the smallest gyms to the largest stadiums and, and everything in between. And you've done an outstanding job of, of making that happen for, uh, for all of us. And, and so on behalf of all those guys and gals, you know, we thank you for that. I'm very excited that this is, this is your next venture. And, and I know you've got a lot of other things you're looking at doing. Uh, so again, big kudos to you. And, and thank you again for the opportunity to be here with you today. Well, thank you, Sean, very much for your kind words. I do want to add, since you mentioned the guest lineup, We'll go back into the NBA voices for episode five after Mr. Smith next weekend with Mike B from the Miami Heat. So excited to continue that run of NBA voices. And for those that don't know, we had a public address announcers breakout chat featuring basketball. So it was nice to get to know a lot of the NBA voices as well. And Sean, again, thanks so much for being part of this and looking forward to connecting with you in the future as well. Absolutely, Alex. Thanks again for the opportunity.